0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, you're home. And Lord, thank you. Bless tonight, Lord. What a great opportunity to hang out with you. We're the home stretch of school coming to an end. Hallelujah. Summer break on the horizon, summer at Kayo on the horizon. Ooh, so excited for that. Lord, camp on the horizon. Bless this message, Lord. I pray that every heart would have fertile soil right there, ready to receive. That when the word is sown, Lord, that it would find fertile soil and it would grow and bring a 30, 60, and 100 fold. I pray, Lord. Okay, something about dishes and dishwashing, I don't know. Lord, I pray, whatever it is, Lord, that's on our minds, we put it aside, we put you first. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. The Lord just reminded me, I was thinking about spiders on Saturday night. I don't know why, there was something about spiders. Uh, Anyway, all right, hey, we just finished the pursuit. Look at your neighbor and say, the pursuit. By the way, I'll tell you a real story. So sometimes if we say something random, It might actually be something where God is talking to you. Uh, So one time, this pastor, he's preaching, and he stops in the middle of his sermon. He says, wait a minute, I've got to do 10 push-ups, right? Now, the Bible says don't test or tempt the Lord thy God, but he's like, okay, i do 10 push-ups. One, two, three, pumps them out, and then he goes right back to preaching. As the pastor's leaving, and he's walking out in the parking lot. A woman is dragging her husband by the by the ear like a grandma does a grandchild. Pastor, pastor, and the pastor's like, "Yes, ma'am." It's like, "Yeah, I want you to talk to my husband." Okay, it's like, "Yeah, uh, he said I will not give my life. I will not follow Jesus. I will not surrender to Jesus unless that man gets up there and does ten push-ups." What do you think that guy did that day? He gave his life to the G he gave his life to the Lord, man. He already did the 10 push-ups. So sometimes God will use unconventional means to get to you. Okay? I don't know why, I just want to share that. Now, everybody say pursuit is over. But it's always ongoing. You know, when I was growing up, when I was growing up in my house. There was this cabinet in the back of the dining room, and in that cabinet, there was something that some, I don't even know if people, if you know if I say there was fine china in there. Does anybody know what that means? There's like dishes and glass, we also had Christmas glasses in there, and these things you only got out when company came over or for special occasions. My mom did not want anybody to touch those plates, those glasses, any of the utensils, those only came out at like Thanksgiving, major holidays and major family functions. So you might know what I'm talking about. Also in my house, we had a room with white carpet and leather furniture. And like, there was like a, harp, an angel playing a harp in there. Trisha knows she saw the room. There was a room. It had white carpet. Every time we would go in there, no, no, no. You don't go in there. That's only when company comes over. Does anybody have a house, a room in their house like that? You don't go in that room unless company, what does company mean? Friends, family, the, somebody randomly knocks on the door, that's, where, that's the room they go to. The rest of the house can look like garbage, but that room is the one that's perfect it's prim it's taken care of, it's clean, and nobody messes it up because that is for someone else, right? Why do I share about this? Because we are a lot like, my, we call that the holy room in my mom's house. That white room, that white carpet room was the holy room. To this day, we still call it the holy room. And all that china and glasses and all that stuff. Well, that when my mom passed away, we eventually. I I think I took the bulk of all that stuff except for the plates. Point is, we're a lot like that. We are set apart for special functions and special purposes that God gives us. Everybody, say, I'm set apart. You are set apart. God has set you apart. You are special. You are unique. And I'm not just saying that because it's some after-school special or some positive, uh, some positive life coach message at a school assembly. It's real, and God has set you apart for his purposes, for his glory. God has called you and I to be set apart. Set apart meaning concentrated, meaning holy. God has set you apart to be holy. Well, Pastor Daryl, I'm not perfect. That's not what holy means. Holy doesn't mean perfect. Holy means you've been set apart. Consecrated means you've been set apart. Our whole culture is built on uniqueness. However, at the same time, our culture sends this message of be like everybody else. It's pretty. I guess, If I were you, I would be confused. Sometimes it's like, no, 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 embrace your individuality, your individual style, your individual look, your individual whatever. But also, if you don't look like everybody else, well, you're not cool. You're not accepted and you don't belong. Has anybody ever wondered, like, is that kind of confusing? Show of hands. Let's be real tonight. I see a lot of hands, everybody's like, mm hmm, everybody knows what I'm talking about. See, but see, God has called you and I to be set apart, to be holy to be consecrated, The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, for God's call on our lives is not to a life of compromise and perversion, but to a life surrounded in holiness. When I was your age, I thought, holy, meant I have to be perfect. Can I tell you, if you're in the room trying to be perfect, it's really, really difficult. 24-7. There's only so many old ladies that can walk across the street There's only so many people's groceries I can buy before I run out of money. There's only so many people behind me in the Starbucks line that I can buy their coffee. Eventually, I'm going to get frustrated because I'm doing all these nice things trying to be perfect. When God has not called us to be perfect, he's called us to be set apart and to be holy. There is a difference. Everybody with me say, "Uh uh-huh. 1 Corinthians one thirty says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Let's read that again. God has made us pure and holy, freed us from sin. Wait a minute. I still mess up. Okay, let's run this back one more time. Any good in you is not you. If you're in here and you're in Christ, and this whole altar was full of teenagers and young people on Saturday night who said, I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm giving Jesus my yes, not just to be saved from hell, not just to be forgiven of my sins, but I'm going all in with Jesus all the time from this moment forward. You've set yourself up. Jesus has cleansed you from all sins and all unrighteousness. You are pure in God's eyes. Will you mess up and will you stumble? Yes. Let me ask you a question. When Jesus' blood was shed on a cross, what sins did he pay for? It's a real question. When Jesus died on the what's your name? Trey. When Jesus died on the cross, what sins did his blood pay for? All of them. What does all of them mean to you? Great answer, by the way. What's that mean when we say all sins? Everybody sins. That ties. What about you? What about about you personally? Did he just die for your past sins? I'm going to tell you, when I was your age, I thought Jesus only died for my past sins. But there's going to come a time you're going to mess up and you're going to stumble. Not does not surprise God at all. He died for your future sins. Pastor Darrell, does that mean I can still sin and do what I want? No, because we're no longer servants of sin, but servants of righteousness, okay? You're pure, and you're holy. You're set apart. God does not want you to look like everybody else. Everybody in this room looks completely different. There are different unique styles, different sets of shoes, different hairstyles. God has called you to be set apart from the world and the world system, He wants you to be different. Well, Pastor Daryl, that's tough. I want to be accepted, and I want to belong. You do here. You do in the family of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, you do belong out there. But many times we sacrifice what we believe. We sacrifice our convictions. We sacrifice what God wants so that we can be accepted by people at school, by people on the sports team by the people we hang out with in the neighborhood. We will literally bury all of our convictions and our beliefs and what we truly stand for just to be like everybody else. When God has not called you to be like everybody else, He has called you to be set apart, to stand out, to make a difference, to literally shine for Him. Pastor Darrow, what does a holy life look like? It's not legalism and it's not rule-following. Once again, it's not being perfect. It's, being, it's about being different. See, for me, I was in high school. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15. I did not get planted in a youth group like this. I wish I knew there was such a thing, and I wish I didn't have a self-righteous issue. thinking Because I was like, bro, I prided myself on being the real thing. And I'm not, I'm not saying I pride myself on that, but I will try to tell you, I want to be the real thing because the real thing is transparent, vulnerable, and honest. I was so on fire for Jesus, I didn't want to drink, I didn't want to party, because that's what the norm was, partying, drinking, sex, before marriage, all these things, drugs, buddies I played basketball with did all these things, they had parties, people I went to school with, people I knew that went to youth group, and guess what, if you're in here struggling with those sorts of things, God promises a better way, always. Always. But sometimes feeling like an outsider gets old. Sometimes it's like, well, okay, Lord, you've set me apart for your purposes, but I, this is getting, getting kind of old. You're going to get frustrated. you got to be careful that you don't cave to the opinion of the people around you. It's real easy to cave to the opinion of the people around you. Very easy. Evil is sneaky. It likes to sneak in. Just compromise a little here. Compromise a little there. Once again, God's not asked you to be perfect. He just wants you to be set apart. He wants you to be His and only His. And I know some of this may fall on deaf ears. I know you guys have school. You got a lot of stuff going on. Every year we come out of the pursuit, then it's like Wednesday always looks way different than Saturday and Friday. But I'm not frustrated by it at all because I've seen it every year, and this is not my first rodeo. And I want to encourage you that God's called you to be set apart, to be holy, to be consecrated. 1 Peter 1 says this. So how do we live a holy life? How is that possible? 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, the passion says this. By the way, Kobe, I forgot to get you the scriptures. We'll make it work. It's okay. So then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert. Fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children never... Again, shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know any better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For Scripture says, You are to be holy because I am holy. You're to be holy because I am holy. Living holy is not just your present, it's your future, it's eternity. If you can't stand being in church here, you're going to have a hard time in heaven. Worshiping God 24-7. Pastor Daryl, that sounds like hell to me. I'm going to go ahead and tell you if it does, then you don't know Jesus. I made that mistake once. It's like, man, going to church, that sounds boring. Church I knew is way boring than what we do. <laughs> way boring. And guess what? It's not about being bored. It's not about you being entertained. It's about you being holy. So, what do we do? What's the scripture say? It says in verse 13, prepare your hearts and minds for action. Another way is it says, gird up the loins of the mind. Ooh, what does that mean? It basically means you need to tighten the grip on your hearts and your minds. You have to make a choice that you are going to honor God with your heart and with your mind. Here in the room, you have to make a decision that I'm not going to allow the person next to me to distract me. I'm going to focus on the things of God. I'm going to put my heart and my mind, whatever's stressing me out, whatever's got me all unraveled inside, I'm going to put it on pause because I'm going to put God first. And then you need to invite God into that so he can help you navigate it. Verse 14, it shows the tension of your life that you live every day. It says, "Never again shape your lives to the desires that you followed when you didn't know any better. Instead, shape your lives by shape your lives to become like the Holy One who's called you to be holy." The tension is: Am I going to follow Jesus on the basketball court, or am I going to talk trash and curse and use profanity because I lost? Am I going to say all the right things at church, or am I going to talk dirty in my DMs? You've got to make a decision. You've got to, that's the tension you live in. There's the old you, and there's the new you, and you've got, to, you've got to decide, how am I going to live? You have to decide. You're getting ready to go into summer. Your schedule's going to change. Everything's going to shift. School's going to be out. You're going to be carefree for a while. and Then in the fall, all that stress is going to come back. Every August, when you guys come in, the week school starts, you bring all that with you. We, we feel it. I can feel it in the room tonight. I could feel it when I was outside on the porch. You have to decide, am I going to follow everybody else or am I going to follow the Jesus that's given his life for me and rose from the dead for me? Because that is how valuable I am to God the Father. This man was literally, like, we took communion Saturday. Every meal we bless, I can't help but think that his body was broken. And his blood was poured out at every meal. We just want to get it over with. Lord, bless the food, nourish our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. His body was broken, and he bled. And at every meal, we, I get a mental image of what he went through just so I can enjoy me or Chick-fil-A, the Lord's chicken, of course. The tension you have, you have to decide to be conscious. Verse six, fifteen through 16, God is holy and called us to be like him. Therefore, we as Christians, followers of Jesus, are called to holiness. Remember, you have a new nature in you. And that old nature is going to war against it. But God has set everything right he has put his spirit inside of you, a new nature inside of you, so that you can live righteous, so that you can live pure, so you cannot give in to the thirst trap, so you cannot make dumb decisions and date the wrong people just because they show you attention and affection and keep giving in to the wrong people. Two broken people in a relationship do not work. That's for somebody in the room. Two broken people do not work in a relationship. Just because you're drawn together because you have a similar backstory doesn't mean it's going to work. It's already unhealthy. It's already toxic. Holiness is bigger than good behavior. It is a calling. I'm not trying to go long tonight, but i got a few more scriptures. The Holy Spirit inside of us reveals the thoughts and secrets of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12. Write it down. I see some people taking notes. Hopefully some doodling notes. I know some people that draw notes. They'll draw them in the form of notes. Here's the deal. You're called to be holy, but here's the kicker. You must hate what is evil and stop partnering with it. Let me say that again. You must hate what is evil, and you got to stop partnering with it. Psalm 97.10 says this. Listen, you lovers of God hate evil for god can keep you from wrong and protect you from the power of wickedness the message says god will snatch you from the grip of the wicked did you catch that did you catch that love god and do what what i say you must love god or be a lover of god but you have to hate what you have to hate evil who, Pastor Gerald? That's a mean word. Hate. Ooh, we're not supposed to say that. That's a wordy dirt. You're supposed to hate evil. Pastor Gerald, how do we know what evil is? It's already written in your hearts. It's also in the Word of God. You gotta hate what's evil. And by the way, hate means when hating evil, it means you need to be angry. Like I'm angry at injustice. I'm angry at things that are anti-Christ or anti-God because of what they try to get people to. That It's all about deceiving people. It's frustrating. The reason why most people give their life to Jesus and fall away or lose their fire is because you didn't hate what was evil. You must hate what is evil. You can't even partner with evil. You can't even hang out with evil. You can't even dabble with evil. It's like, what do they say? If you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. It's true. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, I talked about this during the pursuit. It says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How how can righteousness partner with wickedness, light with darkness? It says in verse 16, though, which is the kicker, how can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? Yo, I got friends that are unbelievers, but we're not besties. I got friends that I love who don't love Jesus. I don't write them off, but if I hang out with them long enough, I'm going to be like them. Remember, you have to remember, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends. Who are your top five? That's what your life is going to look like. Whoever your closest friend is, whoever you hang out with the most, that is your future. Well, Pastor Darrell, they're not that bad. Today, they're not. <laughs> Today, I'm, look, look. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves, But at the end of the day, God doesn't tell us to hang out with evil 24-7. Well, love them. Love them until they give their life to Jesus. You can love them, but you don't have to hang out with them 24-7. Because most of you, if you're real, you're really just followers. You're not leaders. You're followers. You follow the crowd. You follow the world. Remember, God has not called you to be a follower. He has called you to be set apart and holy. He's called you to be different, and not follow the crowd, and not do what everybody else does because they do it. And if you have that problem, then you have an issue with codependency and approval addiction, and you can't stand to disagree with people because it wrecks your identity. And that's because you don't know who you are. Dang. Are you listening? Psh, I'm preaching better. Then even I thought, I'm just kidding. Point is, you don't know who you are. You need to know who you are. You're his. You belong to God, period. But most of you don't even know what that's like because you think Sunday and Wednesday attendance is going to be enough, and it's not. You must have a daily relationship with them. But God says something really cool. This is a part I want you to grab to as well. In verse 16, it says, what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from them. Verse 18, I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God says he's going to live inside of you. He's going to walk among you. God never leaves you nor abandons you because when you give your life to him, his spirit dwells inside of you. The Holy Spirit's the voice that says, he's the voice of truth. He's the one that says, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. Don't give in to what they're saying. Don't follow the crowd. I've got a better option for you. He says, separate yourselves. And that's really hard for you guys because you want the approval of your friends and the approval of Even people who aren't your friends, you worry about what everybody thinks. God's wanting you to set yourself apart and be holy and not be so focused on that. So, what are you partnering with that may be harming you? What seems like a passive decision today can become partnership with evil. You got to hate what's evil. Okay? One compromise can become partnership. And before too long, there's something, there's a decision that you've made that now has become a habit in your life or a mainstay. You know, where? what are you partnering with that may be harming you? Friends, relationships, maybe it's media. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but maybe there's a decision you made, something you used to not do, something you used to not struggle with. Maybe it's an issue with a friend or relationship. Somebody's in your life, and you just started hanging out with them, and now you're besties, and now you're getting in trouble. You need to ask You need the Holy Spirit to help you break free of those things and eliminate those things. God has given you the Holy Spirit to live set apart. You are his son. You are his daughter. And he is not a killjoy trying to ruin your life. He has what's best for you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you struggle with some things that I've mentioned tonight, uh, particularly codependency, approval addiction, I used to struggle with that. It's like you always want to make people happy. Like you don't want anybody mad at you. And some of that may stem from how you grew up. You know, like if I made my mom unhappy, she would go off on me. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, somebody in the room, maybe it's her, maybe it's mom, or maybe it's dad. But like if you try to speak up, and it isn't necessarily anything wrong, but they go off on you. It's okay to be you, and it's okay to be the Lord's. And not be so fixated on, can I just tell you, pleasing everybody is exhausting. It's exhausting. You can't do it. It's impossible. You don't even know who you are because you're just whoever you're hanging out with. Well, if I just please this friend here, well, then I'm good. I feel really. I feel at peace when I'm around them because I'm saying yes to everything they do, no to everything they want me to say no to. And I have no brain. I have no personality. I have no identity. And then you're doing the same thing with somebody over here and somebody over there and somebody over here. And you don't, and somebody asks you, what do you want to eat tonight? And you can't answer the question because you're so busy answering it for everybody else. That's just a small example. Hmm. I didn't plan on talking about that, so I don't know if I've hit a nerve. If you have approval addiction, every head bowed, every eye closed, put your heads down. Every single one of you, nobody nobody looking up, nobody looking up, nobody looking up. If that's you, lift up your hand. Yeah, I knew it was right here. Heads down. Nobody looking around. About six or seven of you. Put your hand down. I see you. Hmm. Let me just go ahead and clarify this. Just because your parents ask you to do something, doesn't necessarily mean it's bad either. You can disagree. Man. Me ranchito. So here's the thing. If that's you, God wants you to know that he loves you and he sets you apart to be his. And you can have an opinion and you can disagree. And you're so worried about everybody else giving in to what they want, that you don't know who you are. God is wanting you to just kind of settle that. Whew. Trisha, you got anything to add on that? just want to ask before. I mean, you really need freedom. And let me go ahead and encourage you, if that's you in the room, you can tell yourself the truth. Like, sometimes we like to lie for people when they're doing something wrong. Well, they're not that bad. Yeah, they are. They are. Just call it for what it is. Well, mm, they really do love me, but, okay, they do love you, but they're a butthole sometimes. Well, they're my friend when it's just us, but in the group, we're not friends at all. It's like I don't matter to them. Well, Let's call it for what it is, our crappy friend. It's okay to tell yourself the truth. Man, I feel like I touched a nerve. Bear with me, leaders. Stick with me. If you struggle with this, man, if you struggle with this, God wants to set you free. Uh, we' I'm going to lead you in a prayer if that's you, I want you to pray with me and I want you to mean this. God this is hard for me because I want the approval of everyone. I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I'm weary. And I'm stressed. Lord, speak to me and reveal to me who you say I am. And then just ask, Lord, who do you say that I am? I want you to listen. And you may hear a lie come up. There may be a lie that comes up and says you're a loser or something. That's a lie. And sometimes the Holy Spirit brings the lie to the surface so you deal with it. And then say, Lord, okay, that's clearly a lie. What truth or do you want me to hear right now? I want you to ask him, Lord, what truth do you want me to hear right now? Some of you think you're broken, you're not. You're not a loser. Father, we take authority over every lie in the room that students are believing. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would unveil and reveal your truth to them. Lord, I pray that if they're tired from having to get the approval of everyone, Lord, I pray that you would show them who they are in Christ. Show them it's okay to like what they like. They don't like the NBA. It's okay. <laughs> they like manga. It's okay. It's okay. Well, some of it. Some of manga is kind of sus, but anyway. But it's okay to like uh, anime. It's okay to like Marvel. It's okay that you can't stand the NHL, whatever it is. I don't know why everybody wears Jordan 1s. It's a great question. You are set apart. Father, for all those that lifted their hands and even the ones that maybe didn't, you've called them to be set apart to be holy for your purpose. You love them. You uniquely made them them. And I pray, Lord, all the worry they carry and all that drama they're dealing with, it's okay to be them. I asked somebody recently, I said, what's one thing you really like to do that you can't admit that you like to do? And they told me a cartoon they liked watching. And you know what? I was like, there's nothing wrong with watching that cartoon. Say, Pastor Darrell, that's silly. I get it. But it's those little bitty compromises you've made to be like everybody else that you don't know who you are anymore. It's an identity issue. God's called you to be set apart. He's put his spirit to live inside of you. He's given you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to show you all things. If you got something, whenever you ask the Lord to speak truth, I just want you to lift your hand. Did you get anything? Anything come to you? Anybody? I'm asking. Some of you guys are worried about your squad time. I get it. We'll get there. We're going to have plenty of squad time in the next three weeks. More on that next week. Everybody, look up at me. Hmm. I'm not trying to talk forever, but I'm not going to sit here and let a problem that has revealed itself just pretend it's not there. If you struggle with approval addiction, it's called codependency. Codependency is not just relying on a substance, a drug, or an alcohol, or something to get you through. Codependency is approval addiction. If you struggle with that, you're not alone. Because I guarantee you, bulk of this room struggles with it. Some struggle with it more than others. Once again, you've lost sight of who you are. Don't sacrifice yourself for the opinion of man. Okay? Everybody good? Everybody good? You might be worried about somebody across the room and what they think. Don't worry about them. Okay? Stand up to our feet. I hope Ashton and Caitlin have been thinking. Hey, guys. As much as I want to have squad time, we're going to hold off till next week if that's okay. I'd rather give you guys some free free time, okay? Does that sound good? We'll have plenty of squad time in the next three weeks, I promise. If you really, by the way, I love squad time. We'll have plenty of time, I promise, okay? So I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to close this in prayer, and then i got to get Zoe up here. She's got to do a challenge. She's getting nervous already. By the way, Zoe, you be you, girl. Remember, you're not a mouse. Okay? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. We'll let Trisha announce something, and then we'll... Father, I thank you that you've called us, that we are called to be holy and set apart. Lord, and we are to love you and love the things of God and hate what is evil and not partner with it. Father, if anybody's in the room that partners with evil, Lord, I pray that they would break off that partnership and stop playing with fire. Lord, I pray, God, that you put the Holy Spirit to live inside of them to empower them to live righteously, pure and holy. It's not difficult when you're in the driver's seat, Holy Spirit, Lead and guide us by your spirit. Let us not cave to the opinion of man and the approval of man. And, Lord, if you've you've exposed something tonight, I pray that you're continually to pour your truth out and you're breaking off every lie in young people in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to sit for a second.